0: Welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast where we just talk about life's ups and downs, about the existential questions and the small day to day stuff. Pretty much anything.
1: Join me, Sarah. And me, Amy. For a 30 minute conversation about whatever. (laughs) Let's talk. About what? About imposter syndrome. So I'm
0: really excited to talk about imposter syndrome and um, Facebook must have known that we were gonna talk about this because it started showing me like all these ads for imposter syndrome t-shirts and things. Um, So I was like, oh, I should get an imposter syndrome t-shirt. But um, I, I think this is such a good topic for us to talk about because I feel like a lot of people struggle with this and maybe don't know what it is that they're dealing with. Sometimes putting a name to things helps. And even if you realize that you're struggling with it, I think it's easy to confuse it with perfectionism or insecurity, uh, and maybe not actually realize what it is that is um, getting at you. So I'm really looking forward to talking about this today.
1: Yeah, well, I I totally agree, because I think that that's what I always equated it with. I always felt like, well, I'm, you know, a perfectionist. Well, you know, I'm just I'm just really insecure. You know, those are the kinds of things that I would think when I was experiencing imposter syndrome. And then I read an article, which I actually I I found who this was because I couldn't remember. Um, But his name is Neil Gaiman, I think is how you say it. I'm not always good with pronunciations. G-A-I-M-A-N. Yeah, yeah. but uh, he's a writer, but he um, has kind of a very famous story about imposter syndrome where he was at an event uh, with all of these sort of influential people, and he was talking to someone, and the the guy said, you know, wow, what am I doing here with all these amazing people that have done all these amazing things? Like all I did was just go where I was sent. And he says, well, you were the first man to walk on the moon. I think that counts for something. (laughs) And, uh, and so the point of that kind of funny, cute story is that even Neil Armstrong, one of the most famous people in history, first man to walk on the moon suffers from imposter syndrome. And that was when I read that story, that was the first time I had heard this concept introduced. And I, um, yeah, I think it's been really valuable to understand specifically what it is ever since I learned it. I think I've gotten a lot out of that.
0: Yeah, it's tough when you're trying to combat it and you're treating it like perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like I, I can remember instances with before I knew what imposter syndrome was where I would be feeling this like something's, you know, just like, this is wrong. I'm a fake. I'm not good enough. But when I would try and address it like perfectionism, and you know, uh, you know, treat it as though that's what I was dealing with. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. Nothing that should work when you're dealing with perfectionism seemed to make any effect. And it was a very confusing feeling. Of um, it's, I guess that the way that it really was captured for me was not, um, you know, this is flawed. It's not good enough because it's flawed. Like a perfectionism would think perfectionist Mm -hmm. would think I would think to myself, I'm a fraud. Yes. To me, it was not so much about the product that I had put forward or the work that I had done or the quality of that. It was the feeling that I wasn't good enough at it. Mm -hmm. I was a fraud. And if I had done it right, um, even if the work was perfect, I felt like it was some fluke or that there were flaws that people weren't seeing at any moment. I was going to just be revealed as this imposter. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to treat that as perfectionism, you know, saying to yourself like, Oh, well, it's okay. Things don't have to be perfect. Good is good enough. It didn't, didn't matter. Like that wasn't helpful to me at all, but it also didn't feel like insecurity, Mm -hmm. Um, it was, it was very confusing and I can remember some of these moments in my life and they're not nearly as funny as your story, (laughs) but (laughs) I can remember those moments and just the confusion in the moment of what am I feeling exactly? Mm -hmm. And going forward, sometimes it would stay with me for weeks or months, of just not really sure how to process what I had been feeling. So when I learned about imposter syndrome, it really was very helpful to me. And I hope that our listeners will take some relief in this as well.
1: Yeah, I I hope so as well, because like you say, it's, it's different. I I think that it's, you know, probably closer to insecurity than it is to perfectionism um, in reality. But like you say, it's still not a proper diagnosis of the feeling, because I think that you can, you know, be in a lot of situations where you just feel insecure. You just feel like, oh, you know, I am just not good enough or the people, uh, you know, around me are, are just, are better. They're out competing me. They have more experience, you know, whatever. But it still doesn't fully capture that feeling of, as you said, being a fraud. Like, when you kind of identify that you're not just feeling insecure, like, oh, I'm not good enough. You're actually feeling like I must have somehow misled somebody to be here. Like, did I lie? Did I sort of, you know, manipulate (laughs) without meaning to somebody into bringing me here? And then it's not just that they're going to be like disappointed with my work or something and go, oh, this isn't as good as I expected. They're actually going to be like, you tricked me into, you know, hiring you or, you know, I'm just using that kind of as an example, but you know, it's, it's actually a much more sort of, dramatic feeling of like, I am going to get found out and, you know, people are going to be mad at me that, you know, I tricked them into, you know, letting me do this or something like it's, it's, it's actually a lot more intense, I think, than just insecurity. I mean, not always, it doesn't always have to be intense, but, um, you know, I guess just it, there's a lot more layers to it, maybe <laughs>
0: there is you captured really well um what I wasn't able to say, so no, it's that feeling great. of guilt um that you've been deceptive somehow yeah. inadvertently mm-hmm. um, and that to me goes beyond just insecurity, yeah, insecurity to me feels like thinking I know that I'm not good enough at this or I'm not a you know um. But this almost just feels like it has inadvertently, you've been deceiving people and you feel guilty about that. Yeah. And, but you haven't been found out. No one's angry. Like people are happy with what you're doing. It's a very confusing emotion. It's a very, very just unsettling, unsure place to be. And um, women do struggle with this more, but men are beginning to struggle with it now too. Um, and I think that it's, I, I don't know that the statistic is accurate and it's very vague anyway, but I put somewhere that 30 to 70% of people struggle with this, um, which is a pretty wide range. I'm sure the reality falls in there somewhere,
1: right? Like, right? It's
0: got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, was oh, somebody with imposter syndrome that like, didn't want to give a wrong stat. So they just made it wide.
1: Um, right. yeah,
0: it's, It's a very, very tough place to be. Um, And it doesn't do us any favors, certainly. Nobody likes feeling like that. There's nothing pleasant about that feeling. You can't take pride in your successes because you feel like they're unearned. Um, And it makes it hard, I think, for people to approach us for stuff if we've kind of got this weird vibe of like, are you really going to trust me with that decision? You know, that doesn't make people come over and like you're just oozing confidence let me trust you with this (laughs) so it doesn't do us any favors to feel this way but it is also very very hard to escape it's a hard spot to leave behind and not feel that way even if you can acknowledge it logically in your head how do we get out from that
1: yeah well and it's um I kind of lost my train of thought for a second here. I don't know why, Um, but somehow this, this ties into what you just said, Um, but it's, I think that what is helpful to remember when we're struggling with it is how common it is. You know, I've heard similar statistics that it's, you know, I I think, you know, like most people, more than half of, of the population um, tend to struggle with this. This is, it's very, very common, even amongst people that you would not, you know, imagine would experience it. Like I remember um, seeing something with JK Rowling once where she was saying, it's so strange to, you know, have achieved the level of success that I have. And now I'll be sitting in meetings where, you know, I'm at the you know, front of the room and, and people are looking to me for, you know, my approval and my input and saying, is this okay? And I'm just sitting here going, why are you asking me? Like, you yeah. know, I, I don't know. And, you know, so it, you know, you look at her as one of the most, you know, famous writers and richest people in the world and, you know, all this, and, and she experiences it. So, You know, I think that it's helpful to remember when we are struggling with it, um, that is a little bit of a relief to go, you know what, just because I'm feeling this way doesn't mean that it is true. Like my feeling of being an imposter is not somehow some sort of confirmation of the fact that I am an imposter because if just feeling it made it true, then all of these people who have, you know, achieved wild success that you, you know, look up to, that you admire, that you, you know, go, wow, look at what they've done. um, You know, they would be imposters if just feeling that way, (laughs) made it true. Um, So, you know, I think for me realizing how common it is and even amongst, you know, truly, truly amazing people who have just done such great things that even they feel that way is just a comfort because it's a reminder that, you know what, feeling this way doesn't, make it so just because I I feel like you know oh my gosh I'm a fraud you know it doesn't mean that I have to believe that
0: yeah we could do and maybe we will one day a whole episode on um, feelings are not facts but (laughs) (laughs) um, we do tend to believe them as such especially when they come in so strong and aggressive as those Mm -hmm. feelings do those yeah. are those big, heavy feelings, and they feel very, very true. You have a lot of conviction because they're big, strong feelings. But the thing is, they're not facts. Yeah. And it's just you using your own evidence to support your own question. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not a logical way to handle anything at all. Again, logic is easy, it's hard to actually practice. For me, what's very helpful is to stop and take a minute sometimes, you know, like use work for example. I'm fairly new with the company. I've only been there a few years. There are people that have been there much, much longer than I have, um, you know, have more experience in the field than I do. Some of them have been driving longer than I've been alive. You know, it can be very easy to fall into this I'm younger than everybody. I'm inexperienced. I'm one of the few women that work here. That imposter syndrome gets really, really strong a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So for me, what's helpful is step back and think about some tangible pieces of evidence to prove myself wrong. So I can think to myself, you know what? I know I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And in this moment, I'm convinced I don't know what I'm doing but i'm going to look back and i've trained x mini drivers mm-hmm. to you know operate a school bus and i've been doing this for a couple of years and they're they're doing a great job mm-hmm. and they learned that for me mm-hmm. so i must i must know something right Thanks. it wasn't a fluke because i've done it a number of times so even though i'm feeling like i don't know these dozen people that I'm thinking about right now know the things that they know because of me. Yeah. So I must be wrong, right? And it's kind of nice in that moment to be wrong. We don't usually like to be wrong, <laughs>
1: um,
0: but that is a moment where it's nice to prove yourself wrong. And, you know, you, you don't have to isolate that to just feeling like a fraud at work. We can feel like a fraud a lot of places. Um, I'm sure every area in life we can find a way to feel like a fraud, um, but that's
1: one example exactly. Yeah, and I think that like you say, like you can look at the evidence of, you know, what you have either accomplished or, you know, if it's a new situation you're in, be like somebody believed in me enough to put me in this situation, which I mean again, we're we're probably telling ourselves, well they they made a mistake. But it's like, well, I mean, they believed in you enough to do it for whatever reasons they had, that counts for something. Um, But I think too, that we need to acknowledge these sort of imaginary standards that we sort of make up in our minds of a person in this situation that I'm in should have XYZ qualifications to be here. And I think that, you know, it's important to question that and say, well, why exactly? You know, if, if, if there are other people here who don't meet those qualifications, which probably there are most likely whatever, you know, standards we have in our heads going, I don't meet these standards. There are probably people doing what we're trying to do that have not met those standards. And that doesn't mean that they're not able to, to do it. You know, like we're all, we're all just human beings and we're all just figuring it out. Um, like I have, I have all kinds of funny stories, I guess, about this, but <laughs> I I had heard, I'm trying to remember where I heard it. Um, I think maybe it was something that's out of Obama's um, book, like his uh, memoir book or something. Anyway, um, he, he talks somewhere about going to the first, his first G8 summit and how he was just like, so, you know, excited and kind of intimidated and stuff to be, you know, going to the summit of the, you know, World leaders of the most powerful countries in the world, and you know, it, very big deal, obviously. And he was like, you know, I just thought it would just be this sort of amazing, awe-inspiring uh, thing to experience. And he's like, really, it was sort of like walking back into my old high school. Like, it's like <laughs> it's just, it's just people <laughs> who are, you know, not really operating at the level that we expect from the outside because we sort of stop looking at them in these human ways and start looking at people, um, you know, in certain positions or doing certain things. Um, you know, we, we start dehumanizing them a little bit. You know, we used to tend to think of that as a negative thing, but we tend to do it of people that we're in awe of as well. Um, and, and I, I mean, I heard the same thing again, like a few days after I heard that I was listening to Doug Reschkoff's, um podcast and he had Yael Eisenstadt on there and she used to work in the white house and she was saying the same thing. She said, people think that, you know, Washington DC and what the white house and all that it's, you know, like house of cards. And she's like, it's, it's not, it's like veep. She's like, you know, <laughs> It's just, it's, it's a lot closer to vip than house of cards, you know, because what we forget, I think when we're looking from the outside is that, you know, everyone who's out there doing all these things that we go, Oh, I'm not qualified to do, you know, maybe they're not either, you know, Elon Musk is not a rocket scientist and yet he's building rockets and sending yeah. them to space, you know, because he didn't say, oh, well, I'm not qualified to do that. I'm not a rocket scientist. I don't have a degree for this. He just said, well, I'll I'll learn. I'll read some books and I'll learn. And, And that's really all it takes is the confidence and the belief in yourself. Not all that it takes, but I mean, that's where it starts is believing in yourself and saying, you know what? I can do this. I can figure it out. I can, you know, do the work. And in some ways in some places i'll just fake it a little bit until i can get there for real and um you know that's that's really it's how people do it it's how people do it (laughs) like yeah yeah um yeah i mean i think there is
0: an important time and place to fake it till you make it Mm -hmm. a little bit certainly (laughs) Um, and you're right i think we all do it obviously there's a line, you know, you're not going to lie on your resume, right? Mm. Like you shouldn't anyway. (laughs) Don't be
1: an actual imposter.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I know. I want so bad to come up with like a joke from the among us. Isn't that like about an imposter? Yes. You're not old enough for this game yet. Well,
1: said he's seen videos of it and he's obsessed with it. So Um, I do know what it is. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I I deal with a lot of elementary school kids. So I'm (laughs) Familiar with this and i, I don't know the thing is to like say things are sus suspicious is not a cool word but oh sus. yeah okay I, I couldn't come up with a good joke but um it derail us there for a minute <laughs> you know,
1: if any of our, <laughs> our listeners have a
0: good joke <laughs> yes if you have a good among us pun especially please please um you know put it on our instagram or something <laughs> would uh, be all over that um yeah sometimes it is important to Embrace that, um, you know, fluff yourself up a little bit and maybe appear a little bit bigger than you are and, uh, you know, fake it till you make it. Don't be a jerk. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody likes somebody who's a know it all, a, yeah. you know, I, I've never failed at anything. A, f- a good friend of mine, we actually ended up becoming best friends and we've stayed in touch for, you know, a decade since. But the first time that I met her, you know, within the first few weeks of getting to know her. I remember um, another coworker and I were talking about arguments that, you know, I think her husband had slept on the couch the night before. And, you know, I'm like, oh, my fiance. And I remember her saying that she and her, you know, my friend saying she had never been in a fight with her husband before. They had been married for two years and they'd never had an argument. And I hated her for a long time after that. Because I just remembered thinking, okay, you're obviously lying yeah. because there's just no way that that happens. And who do you think you are? Like, why are you coming in here as we're talking about, you know, relationship problems and trying to be better than us, you know? It actually, it really can rub people the wrong way. So do be careful, um, you know, be confident, but please be considerate too. Um, Yeah. Don't
1: be, don't be confident, like acting better than people.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, just, I think sometimes we overcompensate that way when we're feeling insecure. Yeah. We sometimes go a little too far the other way. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, You know, you don't have to project this, you know, helpless, I'm, I'm not good at anything. You know, don't tell people they shouldn't believe in you. But you also don't have to come across as better than anyone else. Um, you know, just just being who you are and doing what you've done the way that you've done it is enough. Uh, you don't have to build it up for other people to appreciate it. And you certainly don't have to tear it down because you don't think you've earned it.
1: Yeah, well, that um, makes me think of the Great British Baking Show, which I've talked about on here before. Being yeah. my sort of huga is watching that, but it's it's interesting to watch just because it's fun to watch and it's fun to see their bakes and stuff. But I also like watching the people and the relationships they form, and you know, just the the way they behave. I find all that interesting. And something that I really noticed on sort of rewatching was the way that some of the bakers just were very lacking in confidence and they would present their bakes to the judges apologetically kind of going, oh, you know, I'm sorry. And they would be like, why are you apologizing for this bake that we haven't even tasted yet? And they'd go, oh, well, you know, I think it's going to be overbaked or, you know, I think that, you know, this is wrong with it or something. And, you know, again, I, it, I think it was that imposter syndrome. Those people would often be the ones sort of saying, you know, I just, I can't believe that I'm even here. I didn't even think I'd make it. I couldn't believe I would make it to this week. You know, they, they obviously are experiencing that imposter syndrome and they're, they're going into, you know, every bake, you know, apologizing saying, Oh yeah. my gosh, I know it's not good enough. And, you know, I guess watching it from the outside, I, I see how, you know, that I I think I probably do that sometimes in these situations where you kind of feel like, well, if you just head it off and you just know that you're an imposter and you just apologize up front, you're not going to get caught out. You know, you're almost like avoiding getting caught out by turning yourself in or something. But, you know, continually what would happen is that the judges would say, well, don't tell us that, you know, just wait and see what happens. Let us try it. And then oftentimes, you know, their bakes would be fine. They would be concerned and the judges would taste it and they would say, it's just fine. You know, and other times people would have bakes that, you know, maybe they were overcooked or maybe, you know, something did go wrong with them, but they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't apologize in advance. They would, you know, believe in themselves and and say, "Well, you know, here's my bake. Try it." And they would secretly know themselves, like, "I think they're going to make this criticism," but you know, they they would, they would still present it with confidence. You know, and sometimes, yeah. you know, maybe even the judges would say, "Well, is it supposed to be like that?" And they'd be like, "Yes, of course." You know, yeah. and um, you know, just just kind of being silly. But you know, I think it, it it's it's an interesting thing to do and you can find ways to sort of watch people who are really giving into that imposter syndrome um, and really, really uh, just believing it and feeling the need to apologize and to out themselves. And as you said, it doesn't really do you, any favors to do that because it makes people look maybe more critically at you than they would have and expect you to be incompetent and, you know, sort of look for things to be wrong because you're telling that they should, Um, you know, when really, I mean, you know, just let your, you know, your work or whatever it is that you're feeling insecure about, you know, just, just let it speak for itself let people make their own judgments and maybe they will judge that it's not that great or you know you're not that great or you know whatever but more than likely they are not going to be judging you as harshly as you're expecting they're most likely not looking for you know evidence that you're a fraud that's probably just happening in your own mind
0: yeah well and to circle back to these standards that you were talking about earlier I think that it's easy too. To, for example, the Great British Bake o- is it Great British Bake Off, right? I always confuse the title because it's different in the U.S. It's, it's different
1: in the-, in the U.S. Yeah. So in um, in England, it's Bake Off. In America, it's baking show. Baking so, so they're both correct. Yes. Both are correct. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think the judges are
0: probably holding these people to a standard of you are an amateur home baker, competing under stressful conditions, and we want to see what you can deliver contestants are probably holding themselves to unrealistically high standards they want everything to be perfect they want this to be the best thing that the judges have ever tasted and we probably do that a lot in our own personal lives as well most of the time people are too busy focusing on themselves to really put that much energy into what you're doing anyway um you know if you or going out with friends and you're worrying about what you look like and i'm like oh gosh like i can't get rid of this like wavy thing in the back of my hair with the flat iron 99 percent sure that no one's going to notice that because everyone in the group is going to be thinking ooh, you know like are my love handles showing a little bit too much in this blouse or <laughs> you know i my wings on my eyeliner didn't come out the way i wanted to anyway, <laughs> we're all busy focused on our own stuff obviously i don't go out that much because i don't think these are like wing eyeliner anymore but uh, i think people are very focused on themselves and less on you anyway um so we're setting these really stupidly high standards for ourselves we feel like we're failing at them so then if somebody says oh you look great you do look great i mean you don't maybe you don't have to look like you just walked off a movie set you can still look great. And they're not noticing all the little stuff that you're worried about anyway, and you certainly don't have to point it out. No one's going to notice that you've got, you know, a little lump in the back of your hair unless you say it. If I call everybody over and I'm like, "Hey, look, this spot I couldn't reach with my flat iron." Then they'll all notice it. If I don't say anything, <laughs> it doesn't ruin anyone's day.
1: Well, even when you are being picked apart, you know, like even when people are really judging you more critically, like, you know, on bake off as this, as the weeks go by and it's getting to be less and less, you know, their standards get higher, they nitpick more. Um, Even when that's the case, you don't have to be perfect in order to be, you know, um, capable, I guess, you know, it's like, anybody doing anything, no matter how qualified, no matter how smart, you know, no matter if they are the most qualified person in the room, they still are going to, you know, have holes in their knowledge, things that they're just, they just don't know, or they're not that good at. Um, They're still going to make mistakes. And so, you know, even in situations where you are sort of being looked at more closely and criticized more harshly, just having imperfections and having things that can be criticized does not mean that you're an imposter. That's still not confirmation of that, you know, because every single person alive can be, you know, criticized and found wanting in some areas. And, and that's okay if you can look at it as a learning experience. Um, And just, you know, take what you can from it and move forward. I mean, you know, like you say, you don't want to just, you know, fake your confidence and then it ends there. Just, you know, be confident and pretend and then that's all you've got. You've also got to be doing the work. Um, And I did read an article recently, actually, talking about imposter syndrome and saying, you know, it, it seems like maybe there's some benefit there that people with imposter syndrome, they tend to work. Harder because they feel the need to prove themselves. They feel the need to, you know, sort of earn their spot there <laughs> yeah. before anybody finds out they don't deserve to be there. That sort of thing. Um, and so, you know, you do want to, I guess, as long as you're experiencing imposter syndrome, sort of reap that benefit of the extra push that it gives you to work a little bit harder, um, try a little bit harder, and and make sure that you do deserve to be where you are you know make sure that you aren't (laughs) an imposter who just came in on on pure confidence just acting like you know everything and you really know nothing and you're not even trying to learn anything you're just going to sort of fake it and coast and and just fraud your way through um you know just so just learn from any experiences you have where you do feel caught out where you do feel like oh my gosh you know they saw through me they saw my flaws know that they see everybody's flaws even people who feel totally qualified to be be there even when you you know it's people that you look at and go oh that person of all people you know deserves to be here that person you know has flaws and makes mistakes too so we just we try to learn from them and and move forward and that's you know, that's enough. Usually that's, (laughs) that's enough. Yeah. Well, I
0: like what you're saying about everybody has flaws. I think it's very easy to fall into this trap of believing in yourself until you make a mistake. And then instead of saying, I'm good at my job, or I'm, you know, I'm good at whatever it is that I'm doing. if It's baking, it's you know painting if it's writing if it, whatever it is that you're doing um instead of being able to say i'm good at what i'm doing i made a mistake or i'm good at what i'm doing there are areas that i can learn more i can develop more you just go oh well i'm an imposter you throw the whole thing out mm-hmm. it's sort of like one little mistake can wash out maybe years of build up of good things that you've done and accomplished and gained and we have a very hard time and i think that's sort of where the perfectionism slides in a little bit
1: To mm-hmm.
0: go oh well you know i'm i used to think i was good at this and qualified for this and really fit in this but the mistake i just made proves it wrong mm-hmm. and we do we have to be able to go everybody makes mistakes We all make mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. This won't be the last one that I make. But like you said, it's important to learn from them. I think that what can help us in those moments to escape that, the feeling of the imposter syndrome is instead of thinking I'm an imposter, like you said, how can I learn from this? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what I do at my job. It Nobody likes getting harsh feedback. Um, (laughs) if you (laughs) like getting harsh feedback, please give us some tips of how to learn to enjoy that. (laughs) Um, nobody likes that. And it's especially hard when you're already feeling very insecure, right? You just want lots of positive feedback. But uh, what I discovered has actually been very helpful for me is whenever I get done, you're close to the end of training somebody for their job. I tell them, please think back over what I could have done better. And if you can tell it to me, great. If it feels too awkward to tell me to my face all the things that you think I didn't do well, then when you get hired, please tell my manager and he'll ask you. And I want you to tell him and then he'll tell me. But that's how I'm going to get better because I don't want to keep failing. I know that I have done things that weren't helpful. Please tell me what they were and I can help the next person that I train. And... That never feels good to say. And there's always that lump in my throat. If I'm waiting, it's like, Oh boy, here, it's going to come. They're going (laughs) to spew out all the things (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it will make me feel like an imposter Mm -hmm. for a brief moment.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then I will think, okay, that's how I'm going to do it different next time. And then the next time I don't get that feedback and I get something different that I can work on and I get better and better as I go. And it's very uncomfortable, it's, <laughs> it doesn't feel good. I never look forward to the day where we're gonna have that conversation. But it does help me feel better at my job to get criticism. Um, and it's, you know, it's, sometimes it's things that I know I'm not very good at, but then that helps me too. That helps me to decide, you know, okay, what are the areas that I'm consistently lacking? And my imposter syndrome is not pulling off (laughs) what it needs to. Like, I'm just not good at this part. Um, You know, how do I outsource that to somebody else? Like, what skills do I need to look for in someone to compliment me? Um, You know, how can I improve that situation? And that way I can focus on the things that I'm really good at and get better at those. So I think embracing the fact that nobody's perfect, we are all going to make a mistake, and it doesn't make you an imposter. It just makes you normal. And then it's what we do with it from there.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that you touched on something really important as well, that there are mistakes and then there are just sort of areas of weakness that just, they're just a struggle for us no matter how hard we work at it, it just doesn't come naturally to us. And so, again, doesn't make you an imposter. It's not like you have to be strong and perfect in all areas to deserve to be where you are, to be good at what you're doing, um, to succeed. You know, everybody has their weaknesses and the people who overcome them, um, like you say, it may not even be that they work really hard and they overcome it personally. It may be that they learn to partner themselves with somebody who can make up for it, you know? And there are people who maybe we look at and we're just in awe and we're like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. And they sort of have that behind the scenes
0: person
1: Mm -hmm. actually helping make up for where they lack. And we just don't see that. And we're just not aware of that. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, maybe if you kind of, you know, knew them very, very well, very, very personally got to see how they work, how they operate, you would start to, you know, realize that they, you know, are, are at the same level as you are, (laughs) you know, they just, they just have, you know, figured out the balance of how to, you know, play to their strengths and, um. Yeah, maybe have people around them who who help compensate for their weaknesses or, you know, do things differently, write a new rule book so that, you know, they're yeah. not having to operate in a traditional way in the way that they're doing what they're doing to make up for, you know, the fact that they're not so good at this thing or something. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just important to, I think, give yourself – the due credit of, you know what, I'm a human being, just like all these other people around me are human beings. And no matter what it looks like from the outside, no matter what what it feels like on the inside, um, you know, I have every right to go for something and, and try it. And if the people around me are approving of me or, you know, hiring me, invited me, inviting me to, you know, whatever, show my art, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, then, you know, accept that, accept yeah. that, you know, you're, you're trying something and, and people are buying in and saying, yeah, that's great. You know, be proud of that and, and go with it and believe in their judgment in you. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yep. Well, should we move into highs and lows? Let's
1: move into highs and lows. All right. Well, why don't you go first? All righty. Well, my high, this is probably going to be a little weird because we don't record all these, like, you know, obviously the day that we do them and then also not always completely in order. Um, so I just hosted an event, which, um, yeah, like I think that we just published the, um, podcast that we did where we talk about Droplet and kind of introduce you know the project that DK and I were working on and then I think the ones that'll air after that um is the first time you know when we were recording that I mentioned Droplet um and we said oh maybe we'll talk about Droplet later so it's it's all a little out of order but as we're recording this I just did the event for Droplet where we um where we had people come and we had like a panel sort of talking about social media and these different issues of social media. And then, you know, we um, actually interacted with all the attendees in kind of these like small group rooms where we, you know, talked to them about their feedback and stuff. And um, it was, it just went, So, 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 so well. I was definitely nervous about it. And, um, you know, just again, (laughs) imposter syndrome. (laughs) I I was definitely, you know, you know, really just wanting it to go well and, and hoping it would, um, and it just went just best case scenario, just as well as it possibly could of like, everybody did awesome. You know, all the panelists did awesome. Um, you know, everyone who who came and participated in the chat and the small groups and stuff were just so enthusiastic and just, you know, gave so much great input and, um, you know, connections were being made. And it was just, it was just like best case scenario it went so well. Um, so that was definitely a high I, I felt really great about that. Um, and then the, I think the low was the lead up to the event, the imposter syndrome, really just the feeling of like, oh my gosh, what am I doing putting on this event? Like, I, <laughs> I think I felt unqualified <laughs> to, to do it. And it, I think it really, yeah, really made the nerves a lot worse. Just feeling like, you know, I, 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 I shouldn't be doing this somebody more, more qualified and in a better position to do this should be doing it. Um, you know, and I think it was really helpful to sort of remind myself that like, you know, I, I am doing it and people are, you know, agreeing to be on my panel and are signing up to come and, and, you know, to remind myself, well, other people, not only, you know, believe in me to do this, I guess, in some sense, but are rooting for me, you know, like nobody's coming to this event, hoping it's going to be terrible (laughs) and coming because they want to see it crash and burn. Um, You know, when people believe in you to do something, then they're, they're hoping for your success you know and so um you know I did have to remind myself of that and of course it you know was very true and everyone was so um supportive and and into it and so it was yeah it was a, both the low leading up to but then the high when it actually happened so
0: I love that that was your high. I almost picked that and I told you it was mine because it, yeah. it was really, really cool event. You can, if you missed it, you can go back and rewatch it. Um, mm-hmm. It's an interesting story, but YouTube pulled it, but you can, there's <laughs> other ways you can watch it. Um, yeah. You could read about that on Sarah's Medium page, but yes. <laughs> um, it was, it was really neat to go see that. And the imposter syndrome, I know you feel that heavily, but I look at you guys and I'm just like, you guys are going to take this and run with it. And you're going to do awesome things. Like, I have nothing but confidence in you guys. Oh, thank you. By you know, personal bias aside, so <laughs> I'm really proud of you guys. And the event did go great. Oh, um, so that was a high for me for my week. But uh, <laughs> I'll pick another one. <laughs> and actually, I'm going to start with my lows so that I can end us on a high. My low is going to sound very silly, but it, was, it really impacted my week in a bad way i downloaded this game on my phone and i was enjoying playing it i like to play them games on my phone like sort of to de-stress and Mm -hmm. relax and so i had downloaded this one it was kind of like tetris which is one of my very favorite games but it was like these little cats (laughs) and i i really was enjoying it but i all week i just found myself getting progressively more and more stressed like stressed, like I haven't been in a while, stressed. Oh, no. And I couldn't figure out why. Like there was no there, I, I couldn't figure out an external reason. It was nothing internal. But it was like I noticed I'd be sitting on the couch and I'm watching TV and also playing this game. And I'm tapping my feet or I'm humming, like all my little nervous ticks that I do when I'm really stressed. <laughs> And I realized this game was really stressing me out. (laughs) Um, Whenever the cats would start getting too close to the top, like the background of the screen, it was subtle, but it would start flashing this red, like panicky light. There's a cat up at the top who's like making all these scared faces and like the little message bubbles, you know, oh no, they're getting too close and whatever. And (laughs) I did not realize... Um, it was actually at your event when you were talking about the subtle effects that social media has on you, (laughs) was when I went, oh god, I wonder if it's that game, and so I kind of tried it out, I sort of checked in with my stress level beforehand, during, and after a few times, and it was definitely the game, and (laughs) it was really disappointing, because it's a fun game, but it really was stressing me out, I was, you know, so... I stopped playing that game. I switched to a calmer one. So good. <laughs> yeah. Color blocks is also, it was, it sounds very silly, but it really messed my week up. Uh, so, <laughs> so that was my low. Um, my high for the week was that I think I talked about in our last podcast that I had enrolled in uh, community college. Mm-hmm. And this week I talked to the financial aid advisor, which I thought was going to be low dealing with finances is a huge stress trigger for me Mm -hmm. like just thinking about it and i told my student advisor i wasn't even sure i was going to apply for financial aid it stresses me that much (laughs) so i was like oh the idea of fafsa it's just not i'd rather just pay for it than deal with fafsa she was she's like well let me just put you in touch with the you know financial consultant gal so I did, and in an hour on the phone, she was very pleasant. She walked me through federal and state grants, um, the school-specific stuff for the summer and the fall. So I'm all caught up through you know through the fall semester. And instead of this being you know of thousands of dollars, I'm going to end up paying just hundreds of dollars Yay. going back to school for those two semesters already. I'm so excited about it was so easy and it's it's literally saving me thousands of dollars oh, nice. and I just was so happy that I mean she was really helpful and she you know, she's like I love my job and I love helping people with this it's okay every time I kept being like I'm sorry I don't know what I'm doing she was really helpful about it and it was so nice um, I'm just at a point in life where it feels like I always have to be the one with the answers and I have to be the ones with the solutions and sort of like I'm the last stop, you, you know, and <laughs> so it was really, really nice to, to just sort of put myself at the mercy of her for an hour and go, tell me what to do. What screen do I click from here, which boxes do I need to check and I didn't have to have the answers it was okay that I didn't know she did and she was happy to help and it really really did help so it was just a nice break from always having to be the one in control and someone helped me for a change not that people don't ever help me I don't mean that at all but you know yeah. what it feels like though mm. to always just kind of yeah uh, you're the last stop and yep. <laughs> you do it, no one else will and if you don't know how to do it you got to figure it out. So it was a really nice change with some great results. So that was exciting.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) All right.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. I hope you'll be back for our next episode.
1: Yes, we will see you then. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
0: World. World.